This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. You know, I never listened to Mac Miller, and I should, because every time I hear a song, like if we're playing it on a podcast or something, I like it. Yeah, he was so talented. Wow. Kind of got a bit of a generic way vibe to it. Yeah, here's Mac Miller right here. How many mistakes do it take to you leave when I'm left with my hand and my face all red and the face looking at you like, I know I ain't a saint. You'd like this song. It's called Dang. Dang. <laughs> you know, I think they've now arrested three people that are tied into uh, having sold Mac Miller. Really? The fentanyl-laced drugs that took his life. So what drug is commonly laced with fentanyl? Oh, God, it seems like so many of them now. I mean, I, some would even tell you that there could be marijuana laced with fentanyl. But oh, yeah. I don't know. That's not as common. Usually it's uh, you got Coke and you got heroin and Oxy. So people are making fake oxy pills or putting fentanyl in there to make it seem like it's crazy strong and it's cheaper than buying actual, the real pills. Wow. And it's killing people all over the place. Yeah. Like scary. it's just so scary. I'm sure there's um, like ecstasy that would have fentanyl in it. Like just a, you name a, a synthetic drug and I bet you there's a chance there's fentanyl in it these days. You mean you can't trust a drug dealer I anymore? Know, I know. I mean, come on. What is wrong with the world? <laughs> uh, no, I like that Mac Miller. Yeah. That's good. Now, Welcome to another podcast. It's Tucker Mora along with our producer, Chris Bundes, uh-huh. known famously from La Chemise Terrible. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people uh, have brought up Le Chemise Terrible to me. (laughs) I love that that's a thing now. That's coming back. Like uh, this morning as we record this, uh, we finished our radio show and somebody brought it up on our radio show, even though we hadn't talked about it in a week. I love when that happens. Yes. When people are, you know, listening so much that a week later they'll bring up something we were talking about last week. Too bad it's to your, uh, it's like at your expense, Bundes. Uh, well, because it's Wednesday today that we're recording this, and mm. it's What's the Worst Wednesday Wednesday on the radio show, and somebody brought up the fact that it's the worst when you buy a shirt in Monaco and it doesn't work in Canada. Yeah, that's only cool in Monaco. Yes. Yeah, that's what they said. Yes. Nice. <laughs> What's cool uh, in Monaco? I think we're still debating that, I too. think it's up for discussion. <laughs> All right. Yep, for sure. You guys weren't there. You guys weren't there. Yeah. We got to see the shirt in person because I think the fabric alone and the way it probably moves against your skin because it's silk, right? Wow. It's a knockoff something. It's just like a polyester shirt, I think. I think it's I silk. It I, I, no it's, way. It was 100 euros. It better yeah, be real no, silk. No, it's not. It's no way. I don't know if it's real silk. I mean. It I feels mean, silky. It feels very smooth. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Wear it. Wear it one day. I got day. hose. Surprise us, okay? One day. One day. Is, wear okay. it to work. All right. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start this morning. There's a bunch of news stories we didn't get to um, so far this week. One of which is uh, they found the new Ted Williams, but. It happens to be an opera singer this time. Do you remember Ted Williams? No. He's the man with a golden voice. Oh, yes. He was the homeless man who used to work as a voiceover artist and as a radio announcer. And somebody um, kind of like discovered him. He was asking for money at a set of traffic lights. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they'd go up and they'd say, hey, say something in your radio voice and I'll give you money. I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, uh, most people to get that sound have to put their voice through like a mic that's got all the processing on it. So you sound amazing, right? And it just totally smooths your voice out. Not that guy. When you're listening to Magic 105, you're listening to the greatest hits of all time. Exactly. Yeah, who needs a good voice when you just got a machine that can do it for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, you know, you remember him. It was like the video went viral, and then he started appearing on talk shows, and then people started giving him jobs as a voiceover artist. Right. And he ended up on the radio. I was just actually looking to see where he was the other day, and I'm not. He was doing a, a morning show in Columbus, Ohio last. Really? And uh, that, but that was, I think, a couple of years ago now. So I think he's just doing voice work and who knows what. Good for him. Yeah. So anyway, a homeless guy who ends up back on his feet. And now another video that's gone viral features an opera singer. It's a female opera singer who is homeless. Mm -hmm. And she's gone viral because she can sing. This is in Los Angeles, and uh, somebody posted a video of her singing in the subway. You know who it was? Actually, it was the LAPD who posted a video of her in the subway, and people have now been helping her out. There's a GoFundMe page set up in her name with thousands of dollars raised trying to get her back on her feet. Hopefully, she really is homeless. Like, I wonder these days, like, if people who have some talent just go out there, pretend to be homeless, showcase their talent, and then they get this huge boost that they wouldn't normally get. Uh, That's the wrong way to do it, though, because they're going to dig into your past, and they're going to figure that out, and then you're going to get publicly shamed for doing Mm -hmm. that. It sounds like she's on the up and up. If it's God's will for my life to change, then I will praise Him, and I will be so grateful. Mm. Wow. Well, it's funny that people would assume that homeless people aren't talented. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's with that assumption? I mean, a lot of them has just been dealt a really bad hand, right? Or just a couple, yeah, a couple bad things happen back to back at the wrong time in your life and you can find yourself homeless. It shouldn't be so surprising that there's lots of people who don't have a home who are super, super talented. Yeah, and sometimes it's just like you get in a car accident, you hurt yourself, you start taking prescription medication to deal with pain, next thing you know, you're addicted to opioids. Exactly. Next thing you know, you got nothing left. Sure. And you're on the street. Yeah. Doesn't mean your talent necessarily goes away. Yeah, absolutely. Good for her, though. It's like I'm telling Bundus' story. Right. (laughs) Except you didn't end up on the street. You stopped yourself before it ended up at that point. Thankfully. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I you know I th- I thought about it a lot in um, in November when we lost our jobs. Just how it looked quickly you could go from having everything going great, yeah. to everything being taken away from you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then you think, oh, what if I had also you know a borderline uh, a substance abuse problem? Yeah. And I didn't have family around me. You know what I mean? How you quickly you could spiral out of control with just one thing setting other things in motion. Mm -hmm. I totally, excuse me, I totally abuse substances when I'm going through stuff. I've noticed that. Like if I'm having a heavier week or something like that, I will drink for sure. Yeah. Drink more. Just numb things, right? You just numb it down. I'll tell you something that I learned from uh, all the time that I spent hanging around the front of courthouses mm-hmm. for an old segment we used to do on our old show, is that you, you quickly realize, you know, the people that are there, how they were just dealt a shittier hand than the rest of a lot of other people. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it just it shows how lucky you have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they were born into potentially a family where there may have been abuse. Yeah. Okay. So from then it's like, okay, we they got to get themselves out of that house. You know, they were born into this horrible um, environment and then they leave eventually. And then there's lots of psychological issues as a result of the abuse they faced. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they uh, decide that they're going to self-medicate mm-hmm. and they're going to start doing drugs because yes. it's the only time they feel either normal or don't feel the pain that they feel every day when they're thinking about their childhood or whatever. And then they make, a, they run out of money. They steal something yeah. so they can buy the drugs that makes them feel normal. Mm-hmm. And then they end up in the court system. And then you're thinking, God, that could be anyone. She was just born into a terrible environment. Situation. I I just read a statistic the other day, and it was over 80% of inmates in prison were abused as a child. So what does that tell you? Over 80%? Yeah. That definitely means that that stuck with them. Yeah, and it, it it makes me sick when I hear people say, oh, well, why don't they just work harder? Why don't right. they go to work? <laughs> you know, I was on this trip in the Cayman Islands, and I met all these American guys, and they were really fun, nice people, except they were hardcore Republican. It still are to this day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their mentality is it doesn't matter where you were born, you work for what you got. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, your parents had enough money to send you to Virginia Tech <laughs> mm-hmm. to go to school. Right. And you had all these opportunities that a lot of people don't get. And like, well, what do you mean? My parents had to work hard for that. And it's like, you don't understand. Everybody <laughs> isn't dealt the same hand. Yeah. I Yeah, my parents were divorced. I had some like, you know... Not fun things to go through growing up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my family always had enough money and my dad did well enough at work that he paid for my university. I didn't have any debt except for like $500 on a visa card that I stupidly right. subscribed to, you know, when I was at university. Yeah. And you're telling me I had the same opportunities that somebody who's born into a home where they were abused had? Right. Like, give me a break. The thing that really scares me too is that it doesn't matter how much I protect my child, she could still be abused by someone else. Yeah. And then end up a statistic in the courts. And it doesn't even have to be abuse. It could be you just grew up in a home with a single parent who made minimum 
wage. And that led you to living in a neighborhood where maybe you were uh, hanging out with some other people that right. were, you know, like you you look at some of the areas that are predominantly populated by um, community housing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see there's a higher propensity of gangs and things like that. Right. Because you're dealing with people who are living in homes where they don't have a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And so... People sometimes want what other people have, sure. and they find a way to get that. Sure, you're like, well, how is it fair that somebody who grows up in a home that they don't have all the opportunities that I had? And so, when I'm at a courthouse or listening to someone who's homeless who has a great voice, yeah, I'm reminded of just how lucky I was yeah. to grow up in a relatively normal home. Yes, exactly. Unbelievable. Mm. I hope mm. she goes far. I wonder if she ever had a lesson or if she's completely untrained, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I wish I, I, I guess we'll maybe find out more about her story now that she's going viral. She'll be this big thing. But you're right. They'll start digging up stuff from her past. Mm-hmm. And as quickly as they lift her up, they'll try and tear her down. Yeah. Uh, speaking of having everything, this story made me uh, laugh a little bit. Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Did you know he turned down a role that could have led to $250 million? What? Yeah, it would have been a 250 mil payday had he accepted a role in a movie. So is this like an Iron Man character, something like that, like a superhero? I'll tell you the movie. Okay. Avatar. Oh. James Cameron wanted him in Avatar and offered him 10% of the profits <laughs> if he would have accepted and the role. And why didn't he want to be an Avatar? You want to know why? Yes. It's not that he didn't want to be. He couldn't. He couldn't work out the scheduling because it would have created problems for the Born Ultimatum. Oh, can't they just wait for the like the Born Ultimatum? Well, they have their schedules, right? You've been on a movie set. There's a lot of moving parts there. There's a lot of moving parts, but when the 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 major star who's starring in the movie says, "I I, I need to make two hundred fifty million dollars," you'd think they'd wait. Thing is, he didn't know it'd be two hundred fifty million dollars, right? right? We just know that now because it's uh, one of the highest grossing, I think it's what, now the second highest grossing movie behind uh, uh, Endgame, Endgame, Avengers, yeah. It's James Cameron. I know. Has he ever had a flub? I'm sure he has. I don't think so. I mean, you know, sometimes they just, uh, after Titanic and then he did all the documentaries. Did he do Waterworld? I can't remember. He may have done Waterworld, which I think was a bit of a flop. That was a huge flop because they spent so much money on it <laughs> yes. in the time with Kevin Costner. Yeah. It wasn't a terrible movie, see, but people, it was like a hack version of a Mad Max movie. People still went to see Waterworld. It probably still made a, quite a bit of money. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so yeah, with all the profits factored in, it would have meant 250 Fifty million dollars. Wow! But he wants everyone to know. "Quote: I've uh, left more money on the table than any other actor, but my kids are all eating. I'm doing okay." Aw, he seems like a down to earth guy. Yeah, he really does. Mm-hmm. And I love his success story. How he just wrote this script and with his buddy Ben Affleck, and then they decided to star in the movie. Had they not done anything really before no, that? No, they wrote Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, and they won the Academy Award for screenplay or for uh, best script or screenplay, script, something yeah. like that. And then they also were, you know, that's how they got their start. Is they starred in their own movie, which is definitely a way to go. But I don't know how they got all the funding for that movie, and they got Robin Williams, who would have probably cost a fortune. 
Well, he probably would have done it just because he liked the script, yeah. right? It would have been like a, a, a pro bono kind of thing. What a great movie. Oh, I mean, I find that movies on TV all the time and I cannot flip past. It's like Shawshank for me. Yeah. It's just a classic, perfect movie. Favorite scene in Goodwill Hunting? Oh, um, I like, you know what my favorite scene is. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I want to cry. Don't make me cry. It's not your fault, Mara. Oh, my God. Don't make me cry. It's not your fault. And then you got to say, I know, I know. I know. I know. No, it's not your fault. <laughs> You're not Robin Williams, okay? It's not your fault. And I'm not Matt Damon. It's not your fault. I can't really do Robin Williams. Oh, but there's an abused, uh, a guy who was abused growing up. Well, the, his character. His character yeah. in and out of foster homes. Yeah, his dad beating the crap out of him. Putting cigarettes out on him. Yeah, oh. and then Robin Williams is just like, dude, it's not, it's your, not your fault. fault. He's like, I know, I know it's not my fault. And then Robin He's, Williams really just has to sink into it. And then they have that moment, and then everything's good. And then everything's good. Okay, that's how it works in real life, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm getting emotional thinking Sorry, about that. Also, guys. second best uh, scene in that movie was? Second best scene. How about damn apples? I did like damn apples, whatever he said in that bar at uh, Harvard. I've never seen this movie. Shut oh, my God. Up. I've never. I know. I, I'm very aware of Goodwill Hunting. I've just never actually Shame. watched it. Shame, Shame him. Shame him. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame. Fair. Shame. Why? Why haven't? Just because it hasn't come up, or have you just said it can't be that good, or it doesn't look interesting? It just didn't seem like the type of movie that I would ever watch. You would love it. You think so? Because like they're picking up chicks at the bar. One guy's got better lines than another guy. Hanging around their bunch of douchebag friends. Yeah. That was the late '90s, right? Um, yeah, I think oh, so. God. Late '90s. Don't tell me it was I, that I long ago. I think I was ago. a little too Guess young so. when it first came out, and it just kind of went over my head, yeah, and I never it. bothered to watch it after. Watch that. it. Okay. They're so good in that movie. Oh my god. I hate being in my 40s now because it's like, yeah, it was 1997. That was 22 years ago. That yeah, movie. It's crazy. Yeah, you were 10. Yeah, about that. Oh my god. You were just a baby, Bundus. Yeah. Baby Bundus. <laughs> what were you up to when you were 10 were you, were you slaying At 10? how old were you when you had your first girlfriend uh, I was 13 yeah grade 7 how far did you get all the way grade se- all the way yeah I, I I lost my virginity at 13 and then it <laughs> Shame. <laughs> thirteen. Thirteen. Yes. You know what? I can't. Be- I can't believe Shame. my daughter's thirteen right now, and then hearing Shame. you say that. Did, oh. Could you even picture Shame. her? Oh, no. no. I mean, I don't want you to picture her, but you know what no. I mean. Like that, the mental capacity to, no. to be in a relationship like that. I hung out with a thirteen-year-old girl who lost her virginity when I was uh, really good friends with her, and looking back on it now, I just can't believe it. Really? Yeah. Why? Because she just didn't, she was so young? We were at this party and uh, she had this boyfriend who was a little bit older and and while they were at the party, they did it. And I was just like, oh my God. Like it was so beyond me. When I was 13, no, I'm sure. Pretty sure. I don't know. You know how how people say they do it when they're 13 and they're not really doing it? No, they both pretty much were clear that they did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless it was a secret between them. Let's pretend we did it. Yeah, I'm sure that could have also been the case. That could have been the case, but knowing her history afterwards, I think she was was open. Way more, I don't know, even want to say mature than I was. But when I was 13, 
I mean, I hadn't even French kissed a girl. Yeah, me too. And she was the first person I French kissed. She was like my, trying to teach me how to do it. I had my first, <laughs> nice. I had my first yeah. French kiss in grade 10. So I don't know how old that is. 10? Uh, grade 10. 15? 16, 15, turning 16, maybe. That yeah. seems grade perfect 10. to me, guys. Yeah, no, it does to me too. <laughs> yeah. I, so you're 13 and you, um, and was it a long-term girlfriend? Yes, this this was a long-term girlfriend. But like, to be fair, it wasn't, I mean, I was scared. Yeah. Shitless. Like, I was shaking the whole time doing yeah. it. And it didn't last very long. Like, and it, I'm sure it wasn't really enjoyable. No, for not anyone. at all. Not no. at all. And of course, it ended abruptly because someone came home. And then, mm. you know, you heard the, hear the door open up and then you stop. And then we didn't bother <laughs> to try it again after that. Right. But, Ever? Uh, not with her, no. Okay. We right. broke up shortly, or not too long after that. Well, you got what you wanted out of her, didn't you, oh. Buddhist? And you just cast her aside. <laughs> That's when it started. <laughs> well... <laughs> it was actually pretty bad, sir. I can tell you the story. I don't you know hear. if I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Really? It's the podcast. This okay. is when we just open up and pretend nobody's listening. Okay, okay so uh, we'll call her Becky for the sake of the Yes, for please the don't use her real name. Becky no. with the good hair? Becky with the good hair. <laughs> um, she was she was like the pretty girl back in back in school, back mm. in the day. And I was, I was overweight. I was kind of like, you know, not the cool kid back then. But for some reason, in grade seven, she took a liking to me mm-hmm. when we started dating. And um, that summer, she dumped me for this guy named Conrad. Conrad. He sounds awesome. You yeah. know, pure like, bro, puka shell necklace. Yeah, I bet he could play a guitar. <laughs> Something. Anyway, yeah. so that broke my heart. I was devastated by yeah. it. And that, uh, that summer, I, it was my mission to come back to school for grade eight like a new guy. So I worked out all summer. I was dieting. I got a new haircut, new clothes. Whoa! Yeah. And I came back. <laughs> new Bundus. This is where Bundus was born. So I come back to school. I'm looking great. And all of a sudden, I'm getting attention from all of these girls. Uh-huh. Hey, everybody. It's Bundus. I'm back. And I'm looking at all you. Go on, yeah. So Becky wants me back now figures yeah i yeah. take becky back and i spend in the, what are you talking about someone who's uh, pretty what's the word i'm looking for um Flippity superficial fl- brats oh. you weren't good enough when you weren't ripped and now all of a sudden i'm good enough all of a sudden so i take becky back and we date for the remainder of the grade eight year and just before prom uh-huh or the grade eight graduation dance mm. thing or whatever i uh i dumped her as like a got you back kind of thing oh holy crap and left her dateless yeah wow that's That's kind of a dick move totally totally that's that's holding a grudge for a really long time man yeah that's like that's like serial killer shit (laughs) (laughs) you spend your whole life trying to get back at her and then you come up with this plan yeah you're gonna get ripped just so then you'd be like now you know how it feels yeah that's wow. what I did. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm proud of it anymore, yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the time it felt really good to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then did you take somebody else to prom? No, no. I just... You rolled solo? I just rolled solo. And right. this was the one that you went all the way with? Yeah. So you got dumped after that happened. Yes. You didn't dump her. And then uh, whatever happened with her and uh, Chad, what was his name? Conrad. Conrad. <laughs> Chad. Same difference. That was like a summer fling by by the next year when we went back to school. And, yeah. Uh, it was over. It was already over. And did she date a guy named Lance after that? 
<laughs> Colton. Lance Romance. I have no idea. We kind of lost touch in high school. Mm. Does she know that your whole purpose of going back out with her was so you could dump her? I mean, I, she does now. Uh, she but, does now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it she's done It wasn't like you said, I did it all on purpose and laid up your whole plan in front of her? No, I, did, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't throw that in her face like that. Mm. trying to think who I'd like to date and then teach a lesson. And honestly, there's no one. Every, I don't, no one I ever don't, got you bad, like, re, like really oh. broke your heart, really hurt you? No. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience dating, though. I mean, there were, uh, I would say my first girlfriend was the summer of grade, after grade 11. Other than that, it was just sort of little kind of crushes where it almost turned into something but didn't, didn't really ever. Yeah, because you didn't have the balls to like... I didn't know how to handle myself no. in a relationship. I was way too immature. And then finally started to figure things out a little bit. By grade 11, I had a girlfriend. I, I mean, I've been heartbroken, but never because someone just flat out dumped me. I, I would say the hardest time I had in a relationship was that I was going out with someone and then I moved across the country to get into radio. Mm-hmm. And then it just didn't work out because of distance. And then when I moved back into Ontario, she was in Quebec and it was a bit, I thought, oh, well, this is perfect. We're like next door. We can try again. And uh, she had moved on, like understandably. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had my head, in my, in my head, I thought, oh, there was a second chance there. Right. But, you know, wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. And now I'm with someone that I'm like super happy with and it all worked out. Mm -hmm. But I've never had somebody blindside me with like a whole, I thought everything's going great, but they don't want to be with me anymore. Yeah. Which I guess I should consider myself lucky. I just was surrounded by people who didn't want to be with me from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it sucks to be dumped. So you've never really been dumped. Um... Yeah, I mean, it was like grade eight or nine or no, something. No, I'm talking about like a real dumping. No, just that, mm. just the kind of, oh, it's not going to work out the second time around would be the closest thing I've come. But I've only had a handful of girlfriends. Like, I can count on two hands the amount of girls that I've yeah. slept with. I'm so happy that I didn't meet like my husband, either of them. Early, <laughs> early in life, you know, yeah. that I got to be in university and was single for a while, had serious boyfriends and not serious boyfriends, you know. How many times have you been dumped where you were just destroyed? Um, I've been dumped. Uh, cruise ship guy. Cruise ship guy was the, was the hardest one, yeah, because I was like totally infatuated with him. Yeah, you sent him naked pictures in a care package. I did to the boat. And he didn't even bring it up. No, he acted like he didn't. Yeah, I'm like, did you get the package? He's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he was now, I realize. (laughs) Shame. (laughs) Yeah, immediately felt shame. (laughs) Now I realize that he was actually seeing somebody else on the boat that he liked more than me. And then when he came off the boat, he wanted to break up with me in person. Mm. And uh, he broke up with me in person when he got off the boat about a week and a half later. Yeah. Oh. That's the worst when there's somebody else. I know. I remember I was dating a girl in Los Angeles. Um I met I met her when I was in LA and we had this instant connection and we started dating and we were doing the long term thing. And I flew her up to Toronto one uh one time. Whoa. 
and High roller. Yeah. Um, everything was good prior to her getting there, and then as soon as she arrived, something was completely off. Like, yeah. It was like she felt so distant. Yes. Oh, you know what? I do remember getting dumped, but go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Turns out she yeah. was pregnant with somebody else's <gasps> kid. She came here on my on my dime, was sleeping with me for the week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. And then, and then when I dropped her off at the airport is when she told me, like on her return back And home. she was pregnant when you were sleeping with her. Yeah. Well, good thing she didn't try and make it seem like it was your baby. That's the only good thing about yeah. it. Wow. I did that get, was not cool. I did get dumped once. Oh, I yeah? remember now. Uh, from second to third year university. Okay. I think, what was I? It was second year university. I met this girl. I don't even want to say her name because I, I don't want to like, well, her name was Lucy. Whatever. I was right into her. Yeah. And uh, I played that so poorly. So what, poorly. What well, the first night, I, she lived in the same room that I lived in, in residence, nice. the year after I moved out. So we'd, I'd met her that way. We'd been going through the residence after a football game, like, hey, this is my room. And we, you know, I'd see her and I'd talk, and she was a really good-looking girl. And, um, and eventually, I kind of somehow convinced her to, like, make out with me nice. in her room. Talk but her. I was playing the long game because I had no moves. I didn't know how to get to the next level. Right. Right? It had been a while. Okay. And... Um, so I just kind of snuggled with her that night in her room after kind of making out a bit. And then I went back uh, to my place later that evening. And then I can remember there was another night where she showed up at my apartment Whoa. drunk at like one in the morning. What happens next for most people? <laughs> it's a hookup. It's a hookup. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hook up. Yeah. More little make out snuggling. Oh. And then after that. <laughs> She went back home for Christmas break, uh-huh. and uh, when she got back after Christmas, I was calling her room. She wasn't answering or anything, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know, oh, I'll just go by and surprise her, Uh-oh. thinking that, hey, we're going to be right back on where we left off, and uh, yeah, no, it was over. Was there a guy in there? Uh, yeah, well, she told me, because she'd broken up with her boyfriend at Thanksgiving, did the whole turkey dump thing. Yep. And so I hooked up with her near Christmas break, and then she said that she got back together with a boyfriend, but I think that was just an excuse. Yeah, that you sounds know. like an She's excuse. She's like, who's this loser? He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Oh, man. Yeah, so yeah, I was pretty like, I wasn't like rocked, because we'd only fooled around a couple times. But. Yeah, no, you got to get dumped when you're like in love. That's tough. I was infatuated. Yeah. Wasn't in love. Yeah, that would be tough. I don't think you have to do that. I don't think you have to go through that. <laughs> no, it's probably still coming to you. Everybody should go through a car accident <laughs> and really mess up their legs, right, Bundes? So they have perspective on life? <laughs> Not recommended. Yeah. Um, here's another story I thought would be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, uh, how old is he? Nine-year-old kid fancies himself to be quite the runner. And uh, he enters this race... And accidentally takes a wrong turn and ends up doing the 10-kilometer race instead instead of the 5K. Oh, no. And he manages to win the event. What? Yeah. I accidentally just won it, and they've been practicing for a long time. That's. I just was really surprised that I did that. I was like, oh, this is really long. This is a really long 5K. This is not as usual. Uh, That's so cute. How pissed off would you be? You've been training. You're doing all this stuff to try and, you know, do well in this 10K, and some nine-year-old kid just comes running past you like Forrest Gump. That's so funny. He he probably wasn't pacing himself because he didn't think he had to go the full 10K. Right? So yeah. he just took off and sprinted the whole time. Yeah, his mom was really worried because she was he was taking way longer than he normally would. <laughs> 
and he thought she thought something happened to him. Yeah. You know, on the course, and then lo and behold, he comes and finally finishes, and she's all pissed off. And <laughs> turns out he won the 10K. He's a champion. He's a champion. That's cute. Mm. Um. Did you uh, ever compete in track and field? As, oh, as a kid, didn't compete in anything. That was a big t- uh, pickup time. Do you remember going to track and field? Like yeah. the whole city would go, and you'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to see a bunch of people from different schools that I don't know, and I'm going to be sending them the eye." <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, in the stands, sending the eye, sending the eye. You know what I did in high school when it came to track and field? What? I uh, they let me be the timer. Nice. <laughs> I could help them train. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were pretty good it at was javelin. In, it, it was indoor track. No, I, <laughs> javelin. Yeah. You know when I figured out I was good at javelin? When? When I was, uh, we were doing like a little cottage boys weekend uh, homemade Olympics. Oh. And then it turns out I was really good at throwing a javelin. Yeah, but it wasn't even a javelin, was it? It was a stick. No, it was like a piece of metal. It's like a metal rod or something <laughs> we were throwing. That could kill someone. Right? It probably could, but we were, well, a javelin could kill someone too. Yeah, that's true. But we, one of our, we would do this thing and it started with my stag weekend we called it the tucky olympics mm-hmm. and uh so we started doing like an olympic games thing just for fun to do during the day we'd come up with these stupid events yes that we would drink you know throughout and uh yeah javelin turns out i was really good at it huh. like there were guys who could bench press three times what i could bench but i could out throw a javelin a homemade javelin <laughs> Like a laser beam. Yeah, I just had the technique down. I wish I knew that in school. Although we didn't have a javelin. No, team. it was probably like discus. I think you have to go to the. I don't. We didn't even have that. We I had. Don't, I don't remember. We that had either. running around. <laughs> you know, it was so stupid. It made me. It makes me so bad looking back at my high school uh, life and the way we were graded. Really? How stupid it was. Really? Like you were graded on how far you could throw a football. Like that's complete <laughs> bullshit. Right. I was this skinny little kid <laughs> with, I literally weighed 142 pounds into my 30s. Yeah. You know, it's only in the last 10 years that I put on, you know, the other 20 pounds. So what did you get in phys ed then? I did like adequate, like very average. Solid Because B. we were graded on stupid things like how far you could throw a Frisbee or how many laps you could run around the football field. Hmm. And some people are just naturally athletic. It should be more like uh, how much improvement you've had over yeah, the semester. Exactly. Yeah. You throw a football on the first day of the football uh, yep. stage or whatever you were doing. Yes. And then two weeks later, they grade you on how much further you threw yeah. it. Yeah. And then the percentage of increase. Exactly. Yes. But I mean, I even remember it wasn't near the end, but early, like in grade seven, let's say, we still divided teams with shirts and skins. Oh, <laughs> you know how embarrassing that is when you're this scrawny little kid. Now oh. it was, you know, it was just boys. They didn't have us together with the girls yet until I think grade nine we started intermingling. Yeah, but still, gym class. I'm sure they could see you through windows sometimes, and you'd be horrified. Well, it just it was it just made you feel like shit all yeah. the time. Yeah, and like it's not oh, just... I can't throw a football as far as you. Oh, I'm like got this scrawny little build. Right. And think about the kids that were bigger. I'm sure there. It, oh, I'm there were sh- kids who were adult size. <laughs> yeah. In high school, <laughs> like little adults, matured quickly. They were shaving. <laughs> and not you. And not me. I or know. you know how? Why don't we grade you on how fast you can run the 100 yards? Stupid. Mm-hmm. But- I don't think it works that way now. I mean, maybe it does a little bit. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just like how well you participate and how mm-hmm. hard you're trying and mm-hmm. are you understanding things and are you getting better? Are you working? Yeah. Are you trying? I agree. I mean, I don't believe in this world where everyone gets a medal. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like, I don't want to see that, mm-hmm. but I just want to see when it comes to school, you know, not be judged on oh, totally. your strength. Totally. I mean, we should have just had arm wrestling and the people who won got an A <laughs> and the people who didn't got a C. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't even let my husband, Matt, play sports in high school because he was too good. He had to just be like the referee. Really? Yeah, like if there was, unless they were competing against other schools, but if it was a regular gym class, they were like, no, no, you're refing. Sorry. Because he's, he's good at everything. And he hated that. He yeah. hated that this is the thing I'm good at and I have to sit out just because I'm really good at it. Yeah, that must be, it must have been tor- terrible for him <laughs> growing up like that. <laughs> Poor guy. It's like when I participated in the gr- uh, high school grad uh, fashion show. It would have been awful if I was too good looking to be in it. Right. Yeah. 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 Real tough life he had there. Well, <laughs> no, but I, I'm sure it was a pain. You know, that's the one thing you're good at and you don't get to show off yeah. your skills? Come on. The only thing I was ever good at was individual stuff that was never in school. Like, I was good at sailing growing up. Mm-hmm. How could I show that off? Nowhere. 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 I know. But you know what? I can still do it today, which is nice. It's nice to have a skill that you can whip out yeah. later in life, And then right? it turns out I was really good at rock climbing. Because oh, yeah? the very first time I really did it was uh, when I went to uh, Sejep, which is in between high school and university in Quebec. You do like college. It's mandatory there. Yeah. And uh, they had this little competition on the rock wall. And I om- I should have won it, but they rigged it so their friend could win instead, the organization that had the club. But it turns out I was just like naturally, because I was so skinny. Long and, and lean light. guys yeah, I was are long so and lean. good at rock climbing. So I was good at rock climbing. Yeah. But again, that served me no good in high school. No. And skiing, you know, I was a good skier growing up. Yeah, you could at a few things there. You got a couple all individual a stuff. Couple feathers in your cap. I wish I'd been better at team sports though, or played more growing up. Miss uh, missed out on that. I always enjoyed intramural stuff, so I think I would have liked team sports. Yeah, wow, <laughs> this is turning into quite the Tucker pity party, eh? <laughs> yes. Oh, everything's fine. Ah, uh, you know what we got to get to? We got this crazy interview with a Hollywood celebrity. You may know her as Blair from Gossip Girl. Yeah. You may know her as Seth's wife from the OC. <laughs> well, Adam, uh, Adam... Adam Brody. Adam Brody, who was Seth in the OC, is married. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I love that show, too. I mean, then it kind of jumped the shark a little bit near the end, but yeah. it was a cool show. I like that, too. Uh, anyway, Leighton Meester mm-hmm. came by the studio this week, and uh, you know our interview on the air is a matter of minutes. But we talked to her while we were playing songs and stuff. And I finally got to ask a professional Hollywood actor the question that has been driving me crazy that Tucker keeps bringing up, which is he believes that anybody can act if you take away the nerves. That anyone could be an actor in front of a camera if you eliminate. The nervousness. Not anyone. A lot of people. I don't think I ever said every single person on the planet. Like, I know there's some people who could never do it. Mm -hmm. uh, But I think I could do it. I think I would. In fact, I would say that I could be a great actor as soon as I got past the nerves. You don't believe me, do you? No, I do not. (laughs) Well, let's ask Leighton Meester. 
And she is one of the stars of a TV show called Single Parents, which is now on Global TV in its second season, Wednesday nights at 9.30. And um, yeah, does she believe that acting is as easy as I think it is? I'll tell you what, our conversation with Leighton Meester coming up next here on the Tucker and Mora podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's say good morning to Leighton Meester. Thank you for coming in. I'd say welcome to Toronto, but it sounds like you've spent uh, quite a bit of time in Toronto off and on over the last uh, while. Yeah, 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 I have. For fun on my end. That's cool. I love that. And are you ever like, um, why do people live in Canada when they can live in places like (laughs) California? No, I get it. I, I was actually like marveling at how nice everyone is, which is like cliche, but it's very true. Also... Your streets are so smooth and clean. Really? You know, yes. I, I was watching an episode nice. of The Good Wife, and they did this episode where they went to Canada for a day or two, and they kept saying how clean it was, and I guess I had never noticed that was a thing about our country. Well, because you don't notice when it's clean. You notice when it's dirty. But what do you, what's going on clean. in California and L.A.? Or is there just garbage thrown about? It's so, so dirty. Really? I, like, I mean, obviously, there's like pockets where it's very nice, but like you in the nicest pockets like it just is it's it's very different people here. just throw garbage out the window i thought they yes. were pretty environmentally friendly over there to, to an extent but not so much that we don't have garbage lining the streets that's okay. crazy to me but but that be, that being said california is very beautiful it's yeah a wonderful, diverse uh, ecological area and we love it very much sure. mm-hmm. uh leighton meester stars in single parents uh, second season is now underway you can check it out wednesday nights at 9 30 on global and i was just uh i mean of course you know leighton from gossip girl she was blair she uh, was in movies like The Judge uh, with Robert Downey Jr., a.k.a. Iron Man. Ooh. And uh, now I'm blanking. Uh, the, 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 the Judge. That's it. That's it. That's the, the highlight. We got that. The we got judge. it. Who was The Judge? The Judge is a judge dude. Is Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Thank you, dude. <laughs> you know, from The Godfather. Okay, wait a second. Little on, thing there. Here's the question. On that set, who had the nicest trailer? Mm. I, could, I couldn't say. I mean, maybe Iron Man? I'm not sure. Iron Man. That's what a lot of people called him. Did Yeah, yeah, off off camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's probably okay. He's okay with that, eh? (laughs) Yeah. He seems like a really fun guy. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Single Parents has some uh, big talent. Layton stars alongside Brad Garrett, who you'd know as the brother in Everybody Loves Raymond. I mean, that was like a monster sitcom, probably a top five, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of like how long it lasted and how much money it made. Uh, Tarim Killam, Killam. I can never say his name Taren right. Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam. Uh, he'd know from Saturday Night Live. He was also in that, um, oh God, what was the slavery movie now that I'm blanking 12 Years on. a Slave? 12 Years a Slave. Oh, what a movie. Yeah. I mean, he's good. He, Do yeah. you guys get together and you're like, oh, you were in that movie. What a movie. I wish I was in that movie. 
No, no. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. Let's not worry about what everybody else was up to. Let's talk to Layton here. Yeah. No, 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 that's okay. We can talk. Let's do, let me do an interview on behalf of Taryn. Okay. When, <laughs> he was in Twelve Years a Slave. He's in SNL. Yeah. Um, he's in night school. Oh, really? Um, Who's got a nicer trailer on your side? <laughs> Taram or you? We share like a two-sided trailer. Okay. Do you? Yes. That doesn't seem right to no, me. No, it's very nice. Is that like a semi-detached house where you have a wall and you and Taram like have share a common wall? Uh, we share a common wall. We yeah. don't share a bathroom. We like our bathroom, our toilets like mirror each yeah. other. So we just, yeah. And can you and hear we, each other over there? Can totally. you like, yeah. Yeah, I can hear, I can hear everything. It's huh. terrible. And then like, no, I'm just joking. No, it's great. And then we built like a little yard outside of our trailer. <laughs> Um, with like grass and chairs and mm -hmm, it's very nice. you can chill. So you're not in the trailer like running lines nervous. You're like chilling, relaxing on a faux lawn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's very nice. You're such a professional. It's like a wonderful, I don't know that that chilling and relaxing and not practicing your lines makes you more professional. (laughs) But um, no, it's also like like it's a good flow on set. Like it is a very relaxed, fun set to be on. So like, I mean, even being on set when we're like calling action and like shooting, we're very um, loose and everyone can kind of like laugh, like make jokes, make up their own. Yeah, it's, it's re- oh, really yeah. very relaxed. It's Will very they let nice. you ad lib? Will they let you go yes, off script? absolutely. Well, that's yeah. cool. Because some productions, you know, are very particular. You know, you got to stick to the script. And if you go off, they don't like it. There's some, there's like some takes that we do like very much scripted. And then mm. there's a few takes where we just kind of get to go off and do whatever we want. Wow. I mean, the show, Single Parents, you kind of get the idea. It's a bunch of, uh, a, a bunch of single parents mm-hmm. who come together and, and they all, uh, you know, they, they bring their kids to the same place and there's lots of interaction that, you know, goes beyond that. But when you when you come together with a cast like this, do you guys have some sort of, um, even before the first episode tapes in season one, do you guys do like some sort of team building events or how do, how do they get everyone so the chemistry's there the moment they say action? Um, well, I mean, it is very lucky that we're a group of people who all get along. Like that's, you know, obviously like in any workplace, if you get a bunch of different personalities, especially actors, you get them all together. It doesn't necessarily always click, but, um, man, we just really lucked out and, uh, we did a lot of like dinners, a lot of like karaoke and bowling. Oh yeah. So they, this would be before the very first episode? They don't organize this for us. We just did it ourselves. Wow. Um, and yeah, I just feel like we're all kind of like... You know, a lot of us are like similar ages and the kids are, they're their own little like cute group of friends. They're all like 10 and just great and adorable little groups of friends. This is so nice. And uh, you, of course, are a singer and a songwriter. You start on Broadway and uh, productions like um, Of Mice and Men. So for karaoke, what's your go-to song? <laughs> like what is, what's the one yes. that you know um, you're next? You got to pick something? Yeah. Um, well, I've done... Uh, like in Vogue, you know. Remember in Vogue? Sure, of course. What was that song? Uh, um, don't let go. Don't let go. Yeah. How does it go again? I it's remember like, in Vogue. What's it gonna be? Cause, Cause I can't pretend. pretend. <laughs> yep. I love you. Uh, I've never heard that song. What? How does it? Go? <laughs> How's it gonna be? Laura's like yeah. kicking right into it. Knows every word. Uh, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. have to do a jump start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got So me. that's what I'm saying. That's the reason why it's a good karaoke song. Cause like people know it. People are like what? People love singing it. It's like fun to sing. Yes. And there's different parts, so people can sing different parts. Kind of a good one. 
I heard this story that um, Jodie Foster was on set and there was like an actor that was doing a scene with her and they wanted and it was like a newbie and they, she wanted to run lines with Jodie and Jodie was like, I don't run lines before I do my scene. And it was like awkward and tense. I'm feeling awkward right now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to say about uh, that. Uh, do, do actors have different like um, ways that they prepare before they go on scene? And some like to run lines and, and you don't know if it's okay to ask them to do that before? I mean, I, you know, it, I feel like you can feel a vibe from somebody. But in general, like it's nice to practice a few times. But you also get rehearsals, you get blocking, you get to like you know, figure out where you're going to be standing and walking and, like, doing whatever prop work you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. You do it a few times, and unless you have a big speech... But, like, at our show, it's so loose, and also, like, I mean, there's, like, a joke a minute, maybe more. Mm -hmm. So you know you're sort of like leading up to that um so there's just sort of like a a good flow to it it's not like a dramatic scene where you have to be word for word and everything is you know um like we do a lot of stopping and starting and kind of going back and like re reworking reworking it it. yeah tucker has said in the past that he thinks acting acting looks like if if he could take away his (laughs) nerves he feels like he could be a good actor i think a lot of people could be an okay actor (laughs) if they can get past being nervous in front of a camera and and truly just be as comfortable as they are as if they're in a bathroom staring into a mirror and they're alone and i tell him he's wrong that it takes years of training and that it's a gift so who's know. right? Here? I don't know. I think both of you guys are wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or right. Well, I was you bringing up examples of people they just basically pulled off the street and yes. threw into roles. And I and we were talking about that kid who was in Terminator Two, and I'm going to forget his name Eddie now. Furlong? Yeah, yeah. Edward Furlong was just a, was guy just on a the random streets? guy they put in a movie, well, and he, he was like 12. Yeah, he was a kid. I think it like, takes a unique like director to to s- sort of pull out a, a kid's performance, but also like of anybody's performance, it, it is the director to an extent, and it's like the the material and kind of like the environment and i think you know some people do really well with nerves so i don't know that that's true like i I think some people are like i was nervous and i just like it helped me and i used it now i don't work like that i need to be like really relaxed otherwise how do you not be nervous though when you're on set and there's all the cameras and all the people and how long does that take you do it like a few times and you're not nervous anymore yeah you know like you practice a scene and you're like okay now i know it and i don't know yeah and it goes in your brain Do you ever feel like you'd be way better if there was no one there? Like if they said action and then everyone just stepped away and walked, you know, and then you could have like a real moment. You know what? I will say, at least on this, the set of single parents, we like the cameras for whatever reason, especially with a comedy, they shoot a little bit farther away. So the camera is further away. Mm -hmm. It's never like that super close up shot yeah so you never have to deal with like a camera in your face so Hmm. you can kind of detach also like the blocking is really loose like where we're like standing and walking around it's it's much more loose and they're just kind of following us it's that kind of style yeah it's it's much more like real and yeah and and, like i don't know there's it again there's just like a nice flow do you have any low talkers on your set you know and maybe that's more of a drama thing well in some some dramas i've heard that you get these people and i don't know if it's a george clooney or an al pacino and they talk in such low tones (laughs) that apparently when you're acting with them the mic's picking everything up but the actors can barely hear a word of what's being said well, if it's George Clooney or Al Pacino, then it's fine that they're doing that. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's working. working. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. if I can't hear you, it's that would be tough. But whatever. Like Brad Garrett's not like. <laughs> no, he does not do that. He's got deep voice too. He has a deep voice, yeah. but he is he is not quiet. 
I saw him do stand up once. He's, Did you? Yeah, he's really. He was a host of Just for Laughs in Montreal uh, one year, and I went and saw that, and he did a great job. He was. He's a really funny guy. He is very. Funny. I mean, that whole cast real is life, really yeah. funny. And yeah. for you, uh, comedy, did it feel like um, th- that it was something new to you, or had you done much before this? Um, I had done one comedy series before called Making History, like two years prior. So that's kind of the first time that I ever did a show where I was like day in, day out doing comedy. Um, it was a kind of different sort of comedy. It was much more like absurd and I was playing a person from the past, <laughs> like living in now times. Okay. Um, like what are these cell phone things? Yes. I mean, exactly. <laughs> that sounds funny. Literally everything we have, she was like, what? Oh my God, ice cream? <laughs> she couldn't believe it. Um, like women wearing uh, pants? Uh, right, right. So that was my first um time really getting into that but I had done like a handful I had done like a couple of like movies and and um sort of been in that environment and it really appealed to me and I feel like it's harder I feel like it's harder uh, than doing something else yeah like Mm. I I think like actually making something funny is hard I think it's like yeah it's a challenge but I would rather be part of like even a bad comedy than a bad drama you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, I'd rather be like, I mean, I I feel that single parents is a good comedy. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I actually like really stand by it. I think it's great. Yeah. But like, even then, like, even if a joke doesn't go exactly as planned, like, I'd rather do that than just like melodrama that isn't like it's day in day out living in that. Like, being on my set is just fun. I just have a lot of fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, trying yeah. to tell jokes and like, it's it's lighthearted and and very enjoyable. Leighton Meester's with us. Uh, she stars in Single Parents, Wednesday nights, 9.30 on Global. Why should people watch this show? If I'm new to you and I come up and I'm like, oh, well, what's the show about? What, what am I going to get out of it other than some laughs? I mean, you're going to get some laughs, which we all need. Um, it's a it's definitely a family show. I think you can watch it with your kids. Um, there's an entire kid storyline like every single week, and they're just like amazing kids. Kids are very much in the foreground of this show, which I was really excited about when I first read it because I, I feel like I always watch shows and movies where like the mom is like perfectly quaffed and she answers the door, and I'm like, where are your dogs barking and your kids screaming? Like, yeah, where, mm. you know. Mm. And so we definitely have that like this much more real element. Um, and then single parents, you know, make up a huge part of the population. People who are doing it on their own or splitting time. Um, and so it, in a very um, heartwarming way, I think we cover that. And you know, I mean, I grew it. up with a single mom and I, I never really had a true appreciation for what that would have been like till I had kids of my own and my wife would go traveling. I mean, your husband it's is so an actor, hard. Adam Brody. Yeah. He travels all the time for work. You're left alone. You've got a, you have one child, right? Yeah. And how old? She's four. Yeah, so that's a handful uh, when you're so on your hard. own. It's so hard, and I, I feel like I have the luckiest, like, end of it. Like, I have help, and I and I have a full-time job, but, like, my job, actually, like, I can bring her, you know? Like, mm. if worst, came, in worst case scenario, like, something happened and I had to bring her, like, it's okay. It's not like, you know, she's not well. You know, it's like there's right. places where you could not bring yeah, her. Yeah, we don't want Maura's kid here. No. She's three. I have a three-year-old. Nightmare. I don't know how single <laughs> I don't know how single parents do it. I yeah. literally don't know. And I was raised by a single parent as well. Yeah. So thank yeah. God we're making a comedy of it because mm. a lot of times it's not funny. Yeah. Mara, you want to see how they do it? You watch the show. Okay. You watch the show and you'll see for yourself. <laughs> I know you got to get out of here. I'm pretty sure you have another stop to make. Is that right? Can we ask no, you a quick question? No, this is it. I'm here all oh, day. Right? Okay, I'll perfect. You guys. <laughs> Honestly, we will uh, have you on for as long as it, you want to stay here. But uh, favorite thing to do in Toronto when you come up here? Eat. Yeah? I answered that. Do you have a fast. favorite restaurant? <laughs> do you have a place that you think of going to before you get here? 
Uh, I'm. I really like Biblos. Oh yeah, I go yeah. to Biblos. That place is really good. It's really good. I've never heard we, of it. I'm pretty sure we went there. Okay, I love like it. It's great. Food. Yeah, it's really oh, good. That was a place on that work dinner yes. thing. Work yeah, yeah, yeah. I do nice. remember that very place. Cute. Yeah, very good. Jaw okay. Bistro is very good. Okay, you know Jaw Beach. Jaw. Jaw. I don't know Jaw. J A. Oh, Jaw. Like Jaw Rule. Like Jaw Rule. But not affiliated with Jaw Rule. Okay. And do you have a do you have a favorite neighborhood where you like to stay? If they're gonna put you up somewhere, you're like, oh, I want to be here. I want to be there. Um, like where Biblos is. I don't know what that's called. It's Entertainment District. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's because I'm there. Yes. I'm an actor. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Very fitting. I stay where the actors stay. Uh, All right. Well, it was a real pleasure meeting you. You seem so down to earth and nice and lovely. How is that possible? I'm an actor. (laughs) (laughs) You're acting right now. I was looking on your Instagram and I saw like you have a brother-in-law as a surf instructor. So are you a big surfer? Do you go down and ride waves and do all those California things? That is is the main California thing that I do. I love it. People surf here, you know, but... Mostly in the winter. Isn't that where, crazy? Where do they do uh, it? Like down by Scarborough Bluffs yeah. uh, is an area where the waves come in if it's a good east wind or something. And they'll ride usually long, like uh, almost stand-up paddleboard like type surfing. Boards. Yeah, That's the kind of board I ride. Yeah. Yeah. Longboard. Oh, you got to get a, get a wetsuit and get yeah, down there. Next time you're um, here in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. I actually might. Is it a lake? I don't know. Lake What's Ontario. Lake? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a lake. lake. Fresh it. water, okay. no salt. See how much I know about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> well, good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Again, Single Parents airs Wednesdays at 9.30 on Global. You can go to globaltv.com if you want to catch up on last week's episode because uh, the season's underway now. Check it out. Thanks for coming in, Yay! lady. Thank you. Appreciate it. Woo!